welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is my fabulous, wonderful, you've learned to love them, you're excited to see them, Court Winsett. How could I even live up to that? (laughs) There's the opening bell. There's the opening bell. What are we going to talk about today, Katie? We are going to talk about teaching kids about money. Well, okay. How do we teach kids about money? I, I mean, guess. There, there's a lot of different options out there, but it's, it's important. And I mean, you think about it, even as a young kid, you, you see your parents' wallet and you kind of wonder what it is. So we're going to talk about all the different elements about money and teaching them and kind of the right and the wrong way. And so it, it, but I mean, I think we can definitely say at least bare minimum, bottom line, first thing, it starts with the parents. It all starts with the parents. It all starts with the parents. But it takes a village to raise a kid, so... <laughs> Okay, Hillary. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's get to the top five before you get in trouble. And what get are the off. top? What is the top five going to be this 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 week? So, since it all starts with parents, why don't we talk about the best TV movie parents? The top five parents in pop culture. Mm-hmm. What are your top? You know what? We should do a bonus too. Oh, I love bonuses. This we week, doing? we're going to do the top five parents in pop culture, and then we're going to give you our bonus worst parent in oh, pop culture. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. So, Katie, give me your top five parents in pop culture. Okay. There's some fabulous ones out there. My first one is going to be the Matthews, Alan and Amy Matthews from Boy Meets World. That was a little bit after my time. Oh, but it, it's just, it's so great. They are just wonderful parents, teach their kids great lessons. Of course, Mr. Feeney is the ultimate teacher in that. But to have a great teacher, you also have great parents that encourage that teacher and the student to really learn. So they are an example of a perfect set of parents. Sure. Why not? <laughs> you have to check it out. I'll buy it. Corey and Topanga. Amazing. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so didn't they recently do like a... a, a, a we don't talk about the, no, the spinoff. Girl no. Meets World. No. Some, no. no. That doesn't exist. We don't talk about that? No, no, no. Okay. We don't talk about that. Uh, never mind then. Moving on. Uh, number two, Mr. and Mrs. C, the Cunninghams. I love the Cunninghams. Happy days. Absolutely. One of the best shows ever. Monday, Tuesday, happy day. I love mean, it. they are just the perfect parents. Everyone wants to go and hang out. I oh, just love it. Next one. I know I talk about this guy a lot, but uh, George and Nina Banks from mm-hmm. Father of the Bride. I'm just continue to be amazed that you and my wife are not best friends. <laughs> But, I mean, come on, George Banks, he does everything for his daughter. She will absolutely love you when she hears this. She'll be, she'll, Robin is just going to be, she's just going to be blown away. She's going to be like, yes, give me some George Banks. Yes, they're perfect. I love them. Next one is a little, you know, out there, but uh, Lorelai Gilmore. I don't know why that's out there. She and Rory have the best relationship, mother-daughter relationship ever in the world. Basically, she is the, you know, the epitome of every you know, every mom wants to be her. Every daughter wants to have her as her mom. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, the reason I said it was out there is because, you know, we think of traditionally it'd be a mother and a father. But, now this is single mother. She is killing it. She is doing a great job raising Rory. So, yeah. I, I love Lorelai Gilmore and Gilmore Girls all the uh, way. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, my last one of the good parents would be Morticia and Gomez Adams. <laughs> okay. okay. No, no. Think about it. <laughs> You know, they're in their own unique way, but they, they love each other. So they show love in their family and they support their children with whatever they want to do and about being themselves. Even when, you know, they try and go and be 
different in their opinion, but really is more normal in our opinion. So they're constantly great cheerleaders. And they have the whole extended family involved. Well, sure. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Adam's family all the way. Fantastic. Worst I'm parents. I'm Munsters guy, but whatever. <sighs> well, Munsters are good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, let's add that in there. <laughs> Worst parents. Okay. Harry and Zinnia Wormwood. Okay. From Fun. Matilda. Oh, okay. They Never were, seen it. I mean, they were awful. They called her the mistake. <laughs> and just they were very selfish and only cared about themselves and just, ugh, terrible, terrible parents. Excellent. Good. Yes. Good. So I, 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 I guess I need to watch Matilda. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a, there a Broadway show, Matilda, too, that I also have not seen. But uh, mm. one, of my, one of my, I think my niece, it's one of her one of one of her favorite shows i think it's one of her favorite shows anyway let's hear yours oh who, okay who, who are your good people who do you well, like my, my my favorite my top five parents from pop culture number one mr incredible and elastigirl oh yeah fantastic first of all okay i know i'm in the minority on this but um of all of the movies, uh, Incredibles is 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 my favorite. Is is easily my favorite. I love it. I love it. Um, but also, you know, obviously they 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 are super powered parents. They do a good job. Elastigirl is is an amazing mom, voiced by voiced by. Um, oh gosh, what's her name? Holly Hunter. Yes, yes, very good, <laughs> good. Um, love that love that movie. Love those parents. Love them kids. It's all great. Uh, number two. Okay. So, you know how you're always talking about uh, Father of the Bride? Well, I'm always talking about Harry Potter. So That's true. I love Arthur and Molly Weasley. Oh, the Weasleys. Yes, they're fantastic parents. Molly Weasley is, I mean, like, she is the, I mean, she is a phenomenal character. And she, man, her, 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 her ending is just, oh, eh, mm. book seven. Final battle. No spoiler uh, alert. Uh, no, but man, I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so that's there. There. That's okay. Next number three. I'm gonna go with the Keatons from Family Ties. Uh, the mom and dad from Family Ties. I'm, Family Ties was one of my favorite shows growing up. Alex P. Keaton. It was you know Michael J. Fox before he hit it big in uh, Back to the Future. It was uh, it was a fantastic TV show. Loved it. Um, and his parents were uh, you know they were. They were the perfect little sitcom parents. It was great. So that's my number three. Number four. Well, I had to go with the obvious. I can't believe they haven't come up before now. June and Ward Cleaver. Oh, leave from it Leave to it Beaver. to Beaver. I mean, yep. you, can't, the, 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 you can't have a list of, of perfect parents without including the Cleavers. I mean, for goodness sake. So Yeah, the parents are perfect. And then you can always reference people that are Eddie Haskell's out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. And then finally, my number five is um, I don't actually know what the character's name, real name is, but uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, Robin Williams. Uh, I can't remember what his name is, but uh, you know, if you, if you've seen Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, 
a father that loves his kids so much that he dresses up as a woman so that he can be their caretaker. Uh, it's, I mean, Robin Williams, anything Robin Williams is fabulous. Well, that's, I mean. And uh, his, him in that role was absolutely incredible. That was, he wanted to spend time with his kids, so he went to extreme lengths to make sure he was in his kids' lives. Love it. Love it starts it. out with the great party in the beginning with yeah. the live animals mm-hmm. and then switches and that just, oh. Poor put-upon Sally Field in that movie. <laughs> no, am I right? She, she was not. <laughs> she was just... And one of uh, our James Bonds is in that. And, you know, she... And she, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say that? No. You wanna, no, you don't want to say it? Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I love that movie. Um... Uh, and great movie, very funny, very funny. And uh, now, moving on, those are my top five. Uh, my my bonus worst parent ever. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is an obvious answer, but you know, maybe maybe you don't see it like I do. It's Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker. He cut off his son's hand for goodness' sake. He, I mean, you know, he's he is the worst. He's actually the worst. He is one of the biggest bads of all big bads of all of the movies ever, ever. And he cuts off his son's hand. And he knew it was his son. Because he cut his hand off right before he told him, I am your father. So, you know, yeah. Again, this is where I kind of root for the villains. Well, (gasps) Darth Vader is a bad person. Like, he's a he's a, but, he's a genuine bad guy for, for three movies straight. But if you're standing in Hollywood Studios... And Darth Vader comes up to you and offers to give you a fist bump or a high five. Are you going to deny him? Uh, I guess not. I, you know, <laughs> so I'm... he's 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 legit. He's cool. <laughs> but okay, we're we're done. We're talking about bad parents, good parents. Let's talk about what we're talking about today: teaching kids about money and how it all starts with the parents. It all starts with the parents. It does indeed. Kids learn what they live. So. You're going to have to set an example for your kids. And um, so it's going to it's how they handle money, how they relate to money and how they how they deal with money is is going to begin with whatever example you set for them. Yeah. So the reason we started talking about doing this episode is there's a lot of times we'll have people come in and they're saying, oh, well, my parents were very good about saving money. So I want to make sure I'm doing the right things or the opposite of. My parents were always in debt and never had money and it was always scrambling. I want to be the exact opposite of that. Or I'm falling into that same category. Help me get out of that. So that's where we decided, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about what you can do now to help your kids or your grandkids or nieces or nephews, whatever it may be, to make sure that we're getting them on the right path. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, there is... There's, you, you, Basically, we you start off by trying to, at a very early age, get your children. I mean, what parent hasn't told a story that, that, that goes something like this? You know, child wants something. I'm sorry, child, we can't afford that right now. Well, why can't you just use that card? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> why can't you just go to that machine that spits out the money and get some money? You know, yeah. so very early on, children understand this kind of concept of, I want this and it requires this. It requires the money for me to be able to get the thing. And so they understand, you know, you, you on a very basic level, you can start with that idea. But kind of giving them an understanding of where money comes from. You know, the expression, hey, kids, money doesn't grow on trees. You know, <laughs> sort of giving them that basic understanding of where money comes from and how 
how to be uh, responsible, accountable, the value you place on on money, um, how you value it. Those three things, responsibility, accountability, value, those are the elements that you want to teach your kids. Mm -hmm. So it, it sort of starts with this basic premise, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, you know, kids are, especially real little ones, they are sponges. They pick up on little phrases and words you say. So, of course, they're going to pick up if you're talking about money and talking about how you can't spend things or even if you're kind of being deceitful and talking about cheating on your taxes or saying things, they're going to remember that and they're going to grow up learning that. Their attitude but, toward money is is going to is going to reflect what you teach them. You yeah. know, how how do you act? How are you going to act, girl? <laughs> exactly. But it's you show them an early on that you we work hard for money, then that money then we can use to spend to do things and buy things or keep a roof over our head. But I think a lot of times people think, "Oh, you know, it's Kids are too young. We shouldn't teach them money. Well, how how young is too young, though? I mean, should should parents start at a very very early age? When it when is when is a good time? One of the things that we are actually going to do today, uh, just just so you know, is um, we've, we've we have a special guest that we're actually going to have in the episode a little bit later on mm-hmm. that, that Katie is going to talk to, uh, and, and we'll sort of discuss some of the tools that that are one specifically one of the tools that is out there that you can use with your kids. Um, but parents have a lot of tools available to them. So you know, depending on depending on the age of your child, can sort of to help you determine what tool you're going to use. So really, you can start as early as the child can understand English, basically, yeah. or whatever language it is. I mean, I think it depends on the kid, but as young as three, four, something like that. But you think about, I don't have kids yet. I know, Court, your kids are grown, and so mm-hmm. you got to think back a little bit to when they were younger. But I'm around my niece a lot, and she's five, but we were walking around, and she kept finding these pennies. And she was so excited to pick up a penny. And as an adult, we're all like, it's a penny. Yeah. But that's teaching her at a young age the value of that penny and how it adds up. And so I think it starts even with the simplest of that. Little kids may be around and see change or see dollars and explaining to them what is coins? What is a dollar bill? What is that? What is a credit card? Now, you don't have to get high tech and explain all the you know values and everything of it, but just ex- explain I get this because I work. Yes, I work hard for the money. <laughs> yes. Would be so hard. Stop me anytime. You just- <laughs> so, <laughs> I know we talked about this before, but what I remember in regards to like tools and teaching me about money and teaching kids about money, my mom had jars that had marbles in it. Okay. And the marbles would represent. How big were the jars? I mean, they're pretty decent sized jars. You just did your hands, just ladies and gentlemen, so that you know, she just did her hands about, it looked like it was about a, a about Maybe like a, a milk jug size, I guess. Okay, I don't know. milk jug. Yeah, yeah we'll go with go. that. But uh, my brother and I both had jars that had marbles in it. And if we, you know, did something good, if we were nice, whatever it was, chores, something like that, then we would get marbles put into our jars. Mm-hmm. If we were bad or something, you know, didn't do or we supposed to do, we got marbles taken out. So we learned that the marbles represented towards money of then if we were out somewhere and wanted something Mm -hmm. we could apply it to that so it started with just marbles and then it turned into the bank of mom and it was 
Now, I think it was probably her checkbook, but she would always have her checkbook that she said was mine or my brother's. And we would be at Target or something like that. And be like, oh, I really want this. And she goes, oh, well, let me pull your checkbook out and see. And I'm like, oh, heck no. If it's <laughs> my money, I don't need it that bad. Of course, then my five-year-old niece, I, I pulled her and asked her, I said, so if it's your money, she's like, well, then I'll, I'll, I'll still get it. I'll just take better care of it. I'm like, okay, you're way more advanced than five-year-old Katie. Five-year-old Katie was like, uh-uh, we are not spending my money. But, I'll just take better care of it. She, <laughs> yes. She she has uh, jars. My brother has created three jars for my niece. Mm-hmm. And they say, spend, save, and give. And so she's actually given monetary allowance. She's given quarters, I think is what it really is. Okay, so let's 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 pause there just to just to point out if you're if you're talking about teaching your kids about money, if you want to start at a very early age, you can start with sort of the the jar and the marble sort of concept. Yeah. And then a little stickers, bit later on whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, stickers, you could have a sticker book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, their their checkbook could be a book with stickers in it. Of course, stickers are a little harder to, to take back. Like maybe a chalkboard with tally marks or something that you can erase. Yeah, just don't get don't let them have access to the chalk because they'll start putting extra marks. <laughs> oh, well, that's what I, I put extra marbles in there, and then but I wasn't smart. Remember, I didn't I didn't just skim off the top a little bit. I dumped the whole thing in there. I'm like, oh yeah, I've been wonderful. So if you start with that sort of, it's sort of an easy concept. If I if you have one marble and then I give you another marble, you now have two marbles and two marbles equals two dollars or two quarters or what was it for you? I don't remember exactly what the value was. It was just one of those that it kind of would be in there. And and I think my mom would really like use what it was and say, oh, well, you don't have enough marbles yet. So I don't know that there was a dollar amount associated with the marbles. It was just more of starting that of showing you were rewarded. She didn't want to give us the actual money. She wanted to just show us that way so that we could go and look and see. Did you ever pull pull down your jar and like dump out the marbles and count and see how many you had or anything like that? I didn't. Or? My brother did. Your brother did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he would count it and make sure I wasn't stealing any from him. So at an early age, you can start with this sort of conceptual thing where mm-hmm. you start with marbles or stickers or tick marks or, you know, gummy bears. i I would eat them all if you gave me a bunch of gummy <laughs> bears, but you know, whatever, whatever your your kid will will will. It's a good visual. Appreciate, yes. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a visual cue for them to sort of learn about. Okay, I'm accumulating something. Whereas with a stack of cash, they're not going to really. I remember one of my memories about money for me when I was a kid is when I first understood the concept that if I had a handful of change. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it wasn't just the number of coins that I had. So, like, if I had 10 different coins, it, that didn't mean I had 10 cents. It, it Because each coin, I remember when I first discovered this idea that each coin had its own value. And yes. so, if I had 10 coins, but three of them were quarters and so on and so forth, then I could end up with actually having, you know, a dollar thirty-seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember that just my mind was blown at this idea that... These, these coins have different values. Oh, my gosh. So And then your parents were upset because they're like, oh, I thought we could get by with giving them the nice little gold penny things because yeah. he likes those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, early, early age, all they need is sort of this this visual concept. I You did something good. You get a reward. It goes into your jar. Mm-hmm. A little bit later on, you can start actually ch- ch- teaching them about the value of 
cash of 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 currency mm-hmm. so your coins and your 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 dollars or your you know whatever um and you can do that by when they're a little older you could give them an allowance yes so that can be the sort of the second tool that you can use is the the the, the idea of an allowance mm-hmm. yeah and an allowance it's it's one of those that Everyone sets allowance different, and that's where you have to look at how you're parenting and how you want to do this. Is the allowance set with, it's just a set, will you give them this money, or do they have to do a task for it, or what is it? But that's where you set it with what works for your parenting. But So going back to my spin-saving gift jars that my brother has. Oh, okay. Sorry. So yeah, It's fine. So he has these three jars, and it is based on her allowance, and it's not as straight that she's going to get it every week. It is based on her doing simple things of, you know, making sure she's helping pick up her plate after dinner or that she helps with her little sister or something like that. But so she is given quarters, I believe is what it is. And of course, there's, you know, it's kind of shortage right now. So that's a little difficult, but Mm -hmm. she's given quarters and then she has to then choose, you know, putting the money in there. She has to put at least whatever amount it is. I don't know if it's like she's given, let's say she's given eight quarters then she has to make sure she puts at least a quarter in each jar. And then the remaining one, she has to pick. Is it going to spend, save, or give? So it's teaching her to then understand the three different buckets. And I think that's really cool because she's five. And I asked her the other night, I was like, explain to me your different jars, your different buckets. She goes, well, spin, that's when I, I want to buy something fun. The, the latest thing was a Batman car for her Build-A-Bear Batman. So that she really wanted to spend her money on that. And that's why she takes really good care of it because she spent her money on it. And the gift jar is very full right now because she hasn't decided what charity she wants to. Although she said she feels like Sonic Girls are to her next charity. So look out, Sonic Girls. Jules is coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, save. She knows that that's, I said, what does save mean? She goes, well, to hold on to for a long time. And that's basic. That's all you have to teach kids is save is you're holding on to it for a long time. Mm -hmm. Spend is what you're going to spend right now and give. I think that it's good to teach charitable giving, but also understanding the whole giving of it could be that it's actually the money in their allowance or it could be that they give their toys or something like that away. Mm -hmm. I think that all is encompassing of those three things with teaching, teaching kids about the basics of the three buckets of money. It doesn't just have to be an allowance either. I mean, it can be an allowance, but yeah. it could be, you're, you know, everybody. The first thing that comes to mind is Tooth Fairy. Oh, you yeah. Know, kids get money for, for losing teeth, which mm-hmm. is kind of a really an odd practice <laughs> if you is. think about it. But kids get money for losing teeth. So you can you can start with their their Tooth Fairy money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how are, how are you going to distribute that? Of course, it depends on how much money they get from the tooth fairy as to how they're going to spend, save, or give it. Because, you know, some of us may give a quarter for a tooth and some of us may give $10 for a tooth. Those that accidentally think they're giving a dollar and it is a 10 (laughs) or a 20. Yeah. But it's also, I know a lot of times I was uh, talking with my husband and he said he loved going over to his grandfather's house because he would sit in this recliner after work every night and his change would fall out of it. So every time he went over there, he'd turn the recliner over and get that change. So kids are getting money in kind of different ways. They're entrepreneurs out there getting the change out of grandparents' cars or, you know, 
I don't know if your Easter egg hunts were ever this way, but the way my mom still does it is your Easter egg hunts have candy in it, but it also has change. And then there's a random, you know, $1, $20 bill. Mm. But so that's another way that they get some money as well. Sure. Yeah. No, my, my Easter egg hunts were, were actually for me, when I was a kid, my Easter egg hunts were actually hard boiled eggs. We hunted real eggs. Um, but you know, I, for my kids, it's always just been um, either candy in the little plastic eggs, or I think uh, you know when they were really young, we may have done hard boiled eggs because that's how I grew up. But anyway, neither here nor there. Yeah, it's the, the it's the purpose. That, aside from allowance, kids are getting money different ways: yeah. birthdays, whatever it may be, tooth fairy, and so it's talking about telling them what to do with this money. Right, and and you know, it's funny we talked about allowance. We sort of. Uh, we we brushed over it, you know, the uh, allowance very much kind of, it very much reflects the way that we earn money as adults. You know, are you salaried? Which would be basically like your allowance is $10 a week, mm-hmm. you know, regardless. Um, or are you task-based? Contract you know? work, yep. <laughs> are, you getting, are you getting money for each chore that you do mm-hmm. or whatever? So you have these different options and there are drawbacks. There are, there are pluses and minuses to, to each sort of, like if you say you get this much money per week regardless, but you're going to be expected to do, you're going to be expected to be a productive member of the family and help us around the house and so on and so forth. You know, are they, you've got, they, they could potentially say like, okay, I want to be productive and help and I'll do chores and I'll do this and that. And, you know, they, or they could, on the other hand, say, oh, I'm going to get the money regardless, so I might as well just not, you know, so you, you have to, you have to make it clear to them, hey, you're going to get this allowance if you, if you help. You could have a, a chore list for them mm-hmm. that, they, you know, these are the chores that you're expected to do and they do those and they get their allowance. Or you could say, these cho- this chore list is going to be what you're expected to do on a weekly basis, but I always reserve the right to add chores to it because oh, if yeah, you parents give them, ultimately have the power. <laughs> yeah. Because if you give them a chore list and say like, okay, this is what you have to do. If, and then you ask them to do something that's not on the chore list, then they could very well turn around and say like, uh, that's sorry. That's not, that's not part of my job description. And you'd be like, um, see this part in your job description where it says tasks include, but are not limited to. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm a lawyer, so I write a lot of job <laughs> descriptions, and I always have that include, but is not limited to clause in there. Yeah. Well, so- and and I remember this was, you know, no, go figure, dad being a financial advisor, when I was younger, I actually would have to put together presentations for large purchases. Oh, my Lord. And present why I wanted it, why I think I needed it, why it would bring value, everything. And that's, I never really, until we're talking about this, I'm like, Dad was doing yeah, that. Not everybody. He, he, <laughs> not he was everybody making goes sure I had to. Yes, I had to present <laughs> a reason of why I wanted something that was bigger. That it may be that I didn't have enough money in my spin jar, but I needed to essentially lo- get credit from my parents. My to buy mind it. is actually blown right <laughs> now. That's amazing. I never had to give a presentation when I asked for something. I I was usually just told no. <laughs> oh no, I had to give presentations. Uh, but it's it, so everybody's different and it, it shouldn't be an extra stress, but it's just one of those that how you teach a kid about money early on and continue being consistent with yes. it throughout well, their life, by the time they get off on their own, they are then like I just said, I heard this story and I'm like, oh, 
I forgot that my dad did that to me. But now it makes me as an adult go, I need to really think about these big purchases. So what you do really makes a difference on them for their future. Yeah, let's let's use some let's use some some terminology here and be like, okay, so consider your messaging, right? Basically, you you want to 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 have consistent messaging to mm-hmm. your children over the years. So always consider what it is you're saying in front of them and what message it is you're trying to 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 give to them. And so you start early on with marbles and then you move to an allowance and you always want to be teaching them, okay, this is, this is when, when, no matter what it is, whether you're using marbles or dollar bills, um, you, you always want to make sure that they understand that there's a real value to this and you know, what, what is that value and make sure that they appreciate what it is that they are getting. And yeah, well, and so right now we've talked a lot about physical money, but we have done a lot of episodes talking about how we're going a lot more towards internet and things mm -hmm. like that and using apps. And there may be an app for you to keep up with your kids allowance or to show them. So, so yeah, I mean, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but you start with marbles, you move to allowance. Now we're basically going on to credit. So we have a special guest that's coming in that Katie, you're going to sit down and talk to Cassie Foote. Who is excited, a, yeah. yeah. She's the executive director of APEF. Uh, that's the American Public Education Foundation. And she's here to talk to you about an app, which is kind of that that next level of There's learning for, for the child. There is an app for that. And um, so, Katie, take it away with Cassie. Cassie, I'm excited to have you here, but I, I have to tell you, I really am kind of interviewing you to be my uh, new co-host because court's driving me a little crazy. How do you feel? Yes, upgrade for sure. Okay, but tell me about APF because I have a feeling we're going to have a beautiful partnership across this podcast. I sure hope so. (laughs) I'm really excited to be here. Um, I'm Cassie Foote. I'm the Assistant Executive Director of APEF or the American Public Education Foundation. The foundation was founded by David Pickler. He uh, was looking to support high-quality public education and really wants to focus on the areas of workforce development, but especially financial education. Well, Cassie, thank you so much. I mean, what APF is doing is absolutely wonderful. Financial education, that's why we're doing this podcast. We want to educate everyone on the basics of finances. And so I think that this is going to be a beautiful partnership, hopefully working with you, hearing about you know, what other wonderful adventures you have, different apps, different programs. But I think the important thing is we just keep educating everyone and try and not make finances so scary. But you emailed me something about an app. I think Busy Kid. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, we've started a partnership with Busy Kid. They've got an app. It's the first one where kids can earn, spend, save, share, and invest real allowance. Uh, Wow. So you're telling me that my jars, my spend, save, and give jars have now been upgraded to an app? There's an app for that. Of course there's an app for that. There's (laughs) an app for everything. Okay, so tell me about this app. What does it do? So the BusyKid app is really simple. Parents just log on and download it. You attach a bank account, and then from there you can start assigning your kids tasks or chores. Uh, Wait, so I could put on there, you know... Go make your bed or go sweep the kitchen. That's right. Huh. Do they go on there and click, I want to pick this chore? And then what happens? So as a parent, you'll make a list of chores. You'll assign an amount for the kid. And then they'll have access to the list. And they can go through the tasks. And as they complete them, they'll get paid. 
I don't have kids yet, but from what I hear, it always turns into you're scrambling to try and find money because you promised your kid, oh, if you clean, you know, clean out the dishwasher, you'll get five dollars, and then you're like, ooh, I don't have five dollars on me or the tooth fairy. I've heard that's a big issue. Totally. Tooth Fairy really needs to come up with an app. So you're pretty much upgrading from the chalkboard or dry erase board back in the day of here's what you got to do this weekend. And now it's on an app. Absolutely. Right now, less than 10% of money in the world is actually paper and coins. And as an adult, I mean, how often do you pull out cash to pay for something at Target? Only when I'm tipping the Sonic girls. And there you go. Me too. <laughs> well, very cool. Okay, so we've got this app. Let, let's tell everybody, we're going to put the link in here, but tell everybody where to find this app. Sure. So in order to sign up and download, just go to signup.busykid.com slash APEF. You'll click the Get the Busy Kids app, and then you put in your name and email. You'll get an email sent right to you with a link, and you can open on your mobile device and launch the app. It's that easy. Wow, that sounds super easy. Okay, so you said it's kind of like my jars that we were talking about before, the Spin, Save, Give. So after they do their chores, do the kids then get to pick how much of the money they get paid they want to spend, save, or give? Or how does that work? Well, as a parent, you actually have the option to go in and say, of the money that you earn, you're going to need to donate 30% of it. So you still have the control of, uh-huh, you may think you're getting that full amount, but mm-hmm. remember, you need to save or sp- Okay. That's right. They don't have to know about taxes yet in this app, but okay, good. they do <laughs> get to learn about charitable giving, saving for a rainy day, And then they'll, of course, have their amount that they can spend on whatever they want. So, okay, you said they could spend on whatever they want. So what do they do? Is there like a barcode for the app the kids can use? Or did they they get a card or something? There's an option to get a card. It's essentially a debit card Mm -hmm. that'll come and have your um, kid's name on it. They can use it at stores. It's a great way for them to learn about money that they can't actually see and feel, but still know the value of it and understand how much they have, how much they can spend. Yeah, that's a lot better than uh, the parents having to give their credit card, which has too much money on it for those kids, and then worry about them losing it. Right, exactly. Ah, I like that very much. Okay, this sounds too good to be true. How much is this? So the app is actually free. There's no charge. Free! That's right. (laughs) It's free to download and free to use. If you do want to get a debit card, which is optional, it's only $7.99 a year. Totally worth it. So, I mean, this is, I guess, for any age kid, right? It is. It's designed for kids from around five years old to 16 years old. Okay. But I think any kid can really use it. This, I mean, this sounds like a great opportunity for parents to teach kids and be high tech. Absolutely. And the last feature we haven't talked about yet is the investing feature. Kids can actually buy fractional shares of stocks of companies that they are already familiar with. Oh Disney, my gosh. Netflix, that kind of thing. Oh, Disney? Oh. My little 10-year-old self would have loved that. I know. And you would have been checking the stock market every day to see oh, how yeah. uh, to see how your shares were doing. I mean, not only are you teaching them about spending and saving and giving, but you're telling them about the stock market at such a young age. Yep. That's incredible. Totally. It kind of demystifies the whole idea of the stock market, which I think even a lot of adults are intimidated by. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We did a whole episode about stocks and just everyone is terrified of that word and the stock market and what happens. But I wish this was around when I was a kid. Me too. (laughs) Well, this sounds like a fabulous app. Um, Everybody, we will put this link in uh, all the ways. We'll put it on our website. We'll put it on our podcast link, all of that. Thank you so much, Cassie. Thanks for having me. (music) 
so there you go. There's tons of different things. There are, there are tools out there for every age, from marbles to cash to apps, learning about credit, learning about, uh, heck, there are even apps that will help you learn about investing. I mean, mm -hmm. it's all out there. Depending on the age of the child, you can go everywhere from the very, very basics of the value of a, a dollar. What are you, what are you exchanging your chores for to how are you building your credit for an older child? What are you doing? You know, when you get inundated with credit card offers and you're 16 years old, what does that actually mean? You yeah. know, all the way up until basically you let go of them to go off into the world. And that circles back to parents being the original teachers, because when, when these kids start getting these credit card applications in the mail, if they have an understanding from how their parents handle credit cards, that will help them to know what to do when those come in. I do remember, I will like one personal story. I remember when I went away to college, I asked my dad if it would be okay if I got a credit card and he co-signed for me for my first credit card. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a, a credit card. It was basically emergencies only. And it was, it was a $400 limit on the credit card. Ooh, big spender. <laughs> oh man, it was huge. <laughs> and then I remember while I was at school, I got a, an offer just like from American Express. And uh -huh. they were like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I can't remember. It was, Congratulations. You can get a credit card. They were like, here's $20,000. It was like, oh my gosh. I got so, you know. Obviously, my dad was trying to to, to, to to sort of keep me grounded, and American Express or whoever it was was like, no, here, have way more money than that. Be irresponsible. Yeah, and it, it's, it's teaching kids that when you tell them, like, oh, well, we can't afford this, explain, to, if they're the right age, explain to them why. Yeah. Explain to them, oh, well, we have to pay our bills, and, but... Parents shape so much of it because I know when I went to college, it was very hard to understand that I see my parents and, you know, we'd go out to dinner with a group of people and instead of the hassle of splitting up all the bills, they'd be like, oh, I got it this time. Don't worry. So then I went to college. I'm like, oh, I got it this time. Not thinking I don't have the income that my parents have. I don't, I'm a college kid. I only have that credit card with that $400 credit on it or whatever it may be. <laughs> and so again, it's just work. Kids are constantly learning. Start them with the basics. As we talked about with the budget, you start with your foundation. So kids, it's starting them with a foundation about money and learning. What is it? What's how how are you valuing it? What are you doing to get it? I mean, you know, be it consistent. Not to not to be cliche, but it doesn't grow on trees. And <laughs> be consistent. Yes, always. And they're not the magic cards. Explain what the magic card means. When you ha yeah, exactly. You know, you can't just go up to the machine and say, "Hey, machine, give me some money," and the machine will spit out uh, spit out twenties. You know, that's not how <laughs> that be works. nice. <laughs> But figure out early on what's your what's your I mean you know again like I said we're we're using some we're using some some management phrases here but what's your messaging what do you what do you want your kid how do you want your kids relationship with money to work Absolutely. figure out that messaging early on and you know go with it okay Katie I feel like that's a good closing point so let's sum it up for everybody. What is your bullseye for today? Okay, my bullseye. They're never too young to start. And I really believe in the power of the three jars, the spend, the save, the give, whether it's the physical jars that they can look at, whether it's, you know, in a 
checkbook of mom or it's a technology thing, but I think that's a great message to teach kids about allocating this money that they've earned or been gifted and showing them that there are options and why each of those options are very important. Yeah, the power of the three. Yes. I feel like that that's like a, 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 you know, a tagline for a movie trailer or something. Learn how to teach your children how to deal with money. The power of the three. Okay, so never mind. It didn't catch on. It's going to be a thing, y'all. I'm going to make it a thing. Um, my bullseye for the, for the episode is consistency. That's, that's it. Basically... You have, you have to set the example for your kids. So, you know, again, I know I sound like a, a scratched record, but it's a management term. I hate management terms, but it's a management term. Figure out your messaging early on. Figure out what you want your children's relationship with money to be and make sure that you're consistent over the years of their life. You've got them for 18 years at least, at least. <laughs> uh, you've got them for 18 years, so make sure that you are consistent with that messaging over those 18 years and make sure that you are authentic. Make sure that you are you are practicing what you preach. Absolutely. And make sure that you do not raise a bunch of tax evaders. <laughs> Bullseye! Ladies and gentlemen, you have made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you like what you hear and you'd like to find out more about the podcast, more about me and Katie, you can check out our website. That's bullcastpodcast.com. Feel free to leave us a comment, suggest a topic that you'd like to hear about, just basically anything you want to do. You can also hit us up on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at BullCastPodcast, and the same goes for Instagram. That's at BullCastPodcast. Finally, Katie and I work for a financial advisor, and that financial advisory firm is Pickler Wealth Advisors. And you can find out more about our firm, more about our team, and more about our boss, David Pickler, at our firm's website, picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. If you haven't already, be sure and subscribe to our podcast through your favorite podcast service and rate us. Leave a comment if you want. We will read them and we will respond, maybe even in the podcast. I feel like I've given you enough to be going on with. So for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. And we done.